Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Ashley Bastak. I am back here in Cleveland. I have Mary Kay Cabot and Dan Lobby with me um, from West Virginia, where the Browns are continuing their first week of training camp at the Greenbrier. And Dan, very weird for me to be hosting a podcast while you are also on it. We haven't done this before, but it's only right that I get to kind of like interview you guys and find out about the happenings of the day. But it does. It makes me slightly nervous. (laughs) Well, I, I just want everyone to know I'm judging Ashley. I'm going to go on iTunes and leave a review after this, and uh, we'll see. We'll see if it's five stars, three stars. Actually, everyone should leave us five stars, but we'll see what happens. Very, very uh, nerve-wracking for me. So we're going to start with the biggest topic of the day, which I think it's fair to say um, was Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun talked today. Andrew Barry talked a lot about Deshaun Watson today. Uh, so Mary Kay, let's just, let's just start with that and, and what Andrew had to say about Deshaun and then um, the big news to come out of Deshaun himself. Okay, so um, Deshaun talked to us today, and the, the key with Deshaun was that uh, he spoke to the team last night. He shared his story with the team, not just his story of what he's been through over the past through year, two years or so uh, with his off-the-field situation, with his off-the-field accusations and legal struggles and all of that sort of thing. Um, he, he gave them his whole life story dating all the way back to growing up in the projects without a father, with a mom who had tongue cancer, uh, you know, you know, being poor and, you know, having to get a habitat for humanity house and, and his story and all the things that shaped who he is. But I think it's significant that Kevin Stefanski asked him to come up and share his story on the first day of camp and sort of set the tone. He's in a completely different place than he was last year at this time. Last year at this time, he didn't know how many games he was going to be suspended for. You couldn't fully embrace Deshaun Watson as your quarterback because you didn't know how long he was going to be playing. He had all of these legal issues going on, and he was going back and forth and uh, giving depositions and having meetings with his attorneys and trying to figure out if they were settling lawsuits and, you know, when was it the other shoe going to drop and all that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, now he's gone through extensive, extensive, extensive counseling. It seems to have really, really helped him a lot. He's also served his 11-game suspension, and he's paid his $5 million fine, and he really is trying uh, to be a better person and turn the page on that part of his life. Dan, I thought it was interesting in the one quote from him that he said, the last few years, quote, are definitely the lowest point in my life. Like, it just seems like this 
kind of acknowledgement that we haven't seen from him in that kind of way before. So what was your takeaway from his availability? The vibe I got was this was sort of a kind of, in a way, moving on press conference. Like, this is the first time he's really opened up about things. This is the first time he kind of let us, he didn't let us real deep inside on the on the therapy stuff, but he did acknowledge that he's still, still taking advantage of it, that it did help him. Um, I just thought he was more open. I don't think he's ever going to be very open about, you know, the, the legal situation. And like the reality is we all know that stuff is always going to be a part of the story that you're, we're never going to be able to put that stuff behind to tell the Deshaun Watson story without that stuff. But this whole camp and even going back to the spring, but especially camp, since this is the start of the season, feels like it's time to start talking about Deshaun, the football player and what he will be on the field for the Cleveland Browns. And I just felt like this, like him finally kind of opening up and, and just letting us all in just a little bit more than he has in the past was kind of a signal of like, okay, here we go. We're, I'm going to say what needs to be said now for the most part. And the next time we talk, we're on to football almost. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens the next time he talks, but it just feels like a turning of the page in a lot of ways to like whatever this next chapter is going to be for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So Mary Kay, I thought it was really interesting. You know, there are some quotes like Dan said, he's opening up and things like that a bit more, it seems like, and, and especially about the therapy and the counseling, but there were also like some quotes. He, you know, he mentioned there's one part where he said last year was quote, the media directing and narrating something else about his life. Um, but the, the therapy portion of it, we haven't really gotten much insight into that. And I did think the treatment part of the settlement that he reached with the league last year, um, that's that's something that he opened up a bit more about today than we've heard in the past. Yeah. And the fact that he is still undergoing counseling, I think, is the key thing here. We know that he, uh, you know, he had to endure a he had to go through a very extensive program uh, to pass muster with the NFL or, or he wasn't going to be reinstated. I mean, he absolutely uh, had to completely undergo a lot, a lot of extensive counseling and treatment, which is really good. But uh, the best part about it, in my mind, is that it's still going on. It's ongoing, and that's necessary. And he, you know, he has said, you know, he's changed. He's become a better person. Uh, what we don't know, and I think that, you know, this is somewhat significant. We, we still don't know, and we didn't press him on this today. We don't know if what he feels about what happened in the rooms. We still don't know. We really haven't heard him express remorse for his actions in the rooms, right? Unless, I, unless I'm misinterpreting it or if I missed that, I, I, that's the missing piece. That's the missing element. I don't know if he still feels like, um, you know, the way that he has felt in the past, that, you know, that he did not engage in sexual misconduct we don't know the answer to that question right now. But um, what we do know is that he has grown and changed and become a better person as a result of all the counseling and that he has paid some restitution in the terms of money and suspension. And Dan, to your point, I mean, it, it sounds like, too, when we heard from Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski today, like speaking really highly of what he's done Football-wise, and I thought it was interesting, Andrew Berry said that he's in a really good place. He thinks this is going to be a big year from him personally and professionally, that he's in great shape physically. Um, Kevin Stefanski talked about having to, quote, chew him out of the facility. So I think that kind of proves your larger point about where everyone kind of, you know, getting to the, the heart of who he is as a football player this year more than we were able to last year. 
Yeah, and I think this was inevitable. And it was probably part of the math that the Browns did when they made this acquisition. At some point, it was going to become about football, unless there were just more accusations and more, like, unless this thing went completely off the rails legally. Um, And that never happened, especially once he started settling the suits. So, again, that stuff doesn't go away. But eventually it was going to be about football. And the reality of this is he did serve an 11-game suspension. He did pay $5 million, and he did have to, he did do the league-mandated counseling. So he did pay for, you know, at least what the NFL judged as, as assault. So that, that doesn't mean that it's, that it's forgiven. That doesn't mean that he didn't do anything wrong. But I think there is an element of that, too, that, like, he did at least suffer some sort of punishment for this. And I think that makes it a little more, okay, now we can at least start to talk more about football and more about what's coming. And, and to your point, Mary Kay, I think that's, I think that's interesting. Like, I do wonder if we're ever going to reach a point where he does have a realization and say, you know what, I was wrong. And mm-hmm. he kind of opens up about that. Or if this is just going to be something that maybe he's just always on the other side of it and he doesn't believe he did anything wrong. But I did think this was a positive step for, mm-hmm. for him, just the way he addressed him, he, the way he addressed some things today, even if it wasn't maybe everything that we want addressed. And then to move on to the other player who talked today, which was Nick Chubb. And, and Dan, I'm going to come right back to you for that one since you wrote the story about him um, participating in this Zoom call with other running backs across the league, um, even though Nick, I think, is out of the list of running backs that were on that call, the only one who's in training camp so far already. Um, so, Dan, what did Nick have to say kind of about the, you know, the running back market at large across the league? Because that has become suddenly a very hot topic of discussion this week. Well, Nick picked a doozy of a day to have his best press conference ever with us. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> we had Deshaun talking and Andrew Barry talking and we're at the Greenbrier working in a tent that, that felt like it was 500 degrees. But uh, it was it was the best Nick Chubb has ever been talking to us. He doesn't like doing press conferences. He doesn't like answering questions. Occasionally he'll give you a sneaky good answer, but normally it's going to be pretty brief up and down with Nick, but he was very ready to talk about this situation. And he said he felt it was important for him to be on that zoom call with, uh, it was Austin Eckler who requested a trade earlier this year. He's going into the last year of his contract. He ultimately rescinded the request. The Chargers gave him $2 million more in incentives that, that he could earn this year before he hits free agency. Uh, Saquon Barkley was on the call. Um, I believe Josh Jacobs was on the call. Obviously, him and Saquon are a part of this whole... This is where this conversation started about running back value with those two not coming to long-term extensions before the, the franchise tag deadline. So he felt it was important to be on that call. And I got the feeling that he's sort of, he knows he's secure and he's the last running back to get an extension like that. It was almost two years ago to the day. It was August 2nd, 2021. Um, but I think he kind of feels like he's going into the last year of his deal. And he knows, I mean, the Browns could save $12 million next year. If they cut him, I would not expect that to happen. But he's starting to get to that point where, like, in the next year or two, he's going to want to get paid again. And is it going to happen? He's going to be 29 years old when that contract is over. So I think he's sensing that a little bit, too. And he's reading the tea leaves and seeing where this goes. And I do, I don't want to start anything by saying this, but I do wonder if, like, there's no contract by this time next year. Is he going to consider holding out? Would would that be an option? I, I think something like that could be on the table. Yeah, Mary Kay, you know, I thought, too, it was interesting to kind of hear Andrew Barry talk about him as well, because he was, of course, asked about this. 
Um, and he said, the one quote from him, Nick Chubb is the type of player and person that you hope is with the organization as long as possible. So not to look too far ahead, but I mean, all of this is interesting that it's coming up this year before, you know, Nick has to worry about that, but we're not that far off. So, I mean, how do you see this going across the NFL and how it might impact Nick Chubb in the next couple of years here? Well, certainly next year is a very, very big year for Nick, as we've been talking about, because uh, he's got a 16 some million dollar contract uh, for next year, 12.2 million dollars of that that they can um, save if they you know, cut him or trade him or release him or any of those things. I mean, that's a whole bunch of money that you can uh, save on a running back. But once again, uh, I think that that Andrew pretty much spelled it out. He is, you know, Nick sort of transcends your average bear for the Cleveland Browns. He's different. He's sort of the face of the Cleveland Browns. He's not a player that you want to end on a bad note with. You don't want to get into a situation where, you do have a holdout where you do have hard feelings. So I'm sure that they will do everything possible to try to find a way to make this a win-win for the player and for the club. Uh, Nick's a loyal guy for the most part. I think he probably would love to finish his career in Cleveland. Um, so I'm sure they'll try to find a way. I mean, you can restructure. You can give somebody more upfront money. You know, there, there are a lot of different things that you can do. Uh, but sometimes, uh, you know, Money isn't the most important thing in a situation. Sometimes it is perception and how you're treating players and how you treat somebody like Nick who has, you know, given his heart and soul uh, to this team since 2018. So, you know, sometimes you pay up for that a little bit. And I, I think in his case, they probably will. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hit a couple more newsier items to come out of the Greenbrier today. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Ashley Bassock here with Dan Lobby and Mary Kay Cabot. So um, let's move on to the newsier side today because Mary Kay, Amari Cooper, you guys spotted him earlier with the rest of his teammates in the early portion of Sunday's session, but he quickly went inside on day two with what was described as, quote, a minor tweak of something. So what's the latest on Amari? Yeah, you know what? Um now that I look back to yesterday, on Saturday, the very first day of camp, he was scheduled to meet with the media, and we waited and waited and waited and waited for him to the point where some people were saying, why don't we just give up on him today and get him another day? And um, and I kind of put my foot down and said, no, we need Amari today. But because uh, to talk about Marquise Goodwin and, you know, his own development and everything. Um, so um, now that I look back to Saturday, I'm thinking that maybe he was getting treatment after practice. I don't know that for sure. We did not have Kevin after practice today. We're getting him before practice, which is a little bit challenging because you don't get to ask him about things like this when they happen before, you know, when they happen during practice. So, um, so yeah, he, he was out there for a little bit then he went in. So maybe something happened yesterday or another day and he tested it today and it just wasn't feeling right. 
but you know, when you, when you think about it now, you've got Michael Woods out for the year with a ruptured Achilles. You've got Jakeem Grant sort of, you know, sidelined right now coming off of a ruptured Achilles from last year. You've got Anthony Schwartz sidelined with a hamstring. You've got Marquise Goodwin sidelined with the blood clots. They did go ahead and sign Austin Watkins, but, um, you know, as of this very moment, they might be a little shy uh, at the receiver position. And Dan and I were joking when we came in, we were like, hey, we said they should have signed DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, but no, this it's a minor tweak, not related to his core muscle surgery. He should be back soon from everything we can tell. Yeah, yeah, Dan. And like, it's not like you necessarily worry super about the longevity of a player when they're day to day, like in, in July at this stage of training camp. But like you look around the room and it, it does make you kind of wonder like, yeah, that receiver room seemed kind of crowded initially. And it's like, oh, the especially the conversation around DeAndre Hopkins, like you guys joked about off mic. But I mean, it, it it is interesting right now to kind of see where that receiver room stands. And I don't want to say it's exactly like 2022 training camp, but we did see last year how, you know, a few injuries to that room kind of changes the the outlook of, of practices day to day, even just. Yeah. And like, if you looked at, if the Browns played a game tomorrow and let's say Amari Cooper was out with this injury, your top three receivers right now would be Donovan Peoples-Jones, Elijah Moore, and Cedric Tillman. I, I, David, David Bell. Bell. Yeah. Now, you know, Anthony Schwartz is, is sidelined right now. He's not practicing, but he'd be back in the mix, right? Just trying to find any sort of speed that you could. I mean, somebody tweeted at, at me and Mary Kay um, after I retweeted Mary Kay's story. They said Cedric Tillman will be the Browns' number one receiver by Wednesday. Um, I don't think this is that type of emergency, but it is just sort of a reminder of there are certain players that you that if this team loses them, and this is the case with a lot of teams, but there are certain players that if this team loses them, it changes the outlook of that position. And Amari Cooper is a legitimate number one receiver. And if he's not there, it just changes the look of that room a lot. So nothing to worry about, but it's at least a reminder of, yeah, they've done some good things at the receiver position, but it, it is still a little thin if the wrong guy goes down. Yeah, and I think Mary Kay, too, I guess my question is, and I know we've talked about this a lot, like so much of this training camp and, you know, the offseason is about Deshaun Watson developing chemistry with these guys. So, like, in my mind, anytime one of these pass catchers that, you know, is expected to play some kind of role goes down, I mean, I think it's just not, even though it might not be like an emergency situation or something that's sounding alarm bells for analysts or fans, like, I just think it's unfortunate from that aspect of this offense and losing another opportunity to kind of build chemistry. Yeah. Again, you know, hopefully we're not making way, way too much of it. Andrew Barry did not seem alarmed at all by this. And, uh, and Amari Cooper is someone who doesn't miss time. Even when he's Mm -hmm. injured last year, he suffered that core muscle injury with six games left and he went out there and he played, he gutted it out. So he's just not somebody that is going to take this lightly at all. He's going to um, he's going to do everything he possibly can to play, and they are they take precautionary measures at this time of year so that they can get these guys ready for September 10th. So I really don't think this is anything to worry about. All right, one last newsy item to hit on. You know, Andrew Berry talked a bit about Perion Winfrey and the decision to part ways with him. So uh, Dan, what was the, the takeaway from that there, first of all, and what Andrew had to say? Um, he didn't get too, 
into it, um, but you know, obviously they were disappointed uh, that they they had to make the move, and um, you know, he kind of downplayed the idea that this was a draft pick. But I, you know, I do think, you know, look, we know they don't like to cut draft picks. We know they like to see these guys develop, and um, you know, I, I mean, I asked him, "Is this? Do you kind of reevaluate your process here?" Because obviously, Perion from pretty much the day he arrived had maturity issues and then of course legal issues in the off season. So do you reevaluate that process a little bit? And he said, he said they don't, but I'm sure that there is some sort of internal looking mechanism here where they're, they're trying to figure out what did we miss with Perry or did we take too big of a risk with this guy? Or, you know, is this just a fourth round pick and it didn't work out? We took a chance with high upside. Um, I, I think that's the most interesting thing is sort of how they, look at their process and, and figure out how they landed on ultimately drafting Perry on how it went wrong. And if it was worth it to, to kind of go through all that. Yeah. Mary Kay, I know Andrew also said it was just like the quote proper time they felt to move on from him. I guess just your takeaways, what Andrew had to say and, and about that situation and what it means for the D tackles or the D line as a whole. You know, I, I don't think this really changes much in terms of the D-line or the D-tackles. He was going to provide possibly some depth if he could get it together. He was already on thin ice because uh, he had an arrest in April. He had issues all last season. So I think they wanted to bring him to camp, see what he looked like, see what he could do. But I think that there was already a chance that perhaps they knew he wasn't going to be on the football team this year. Uh, Andrew doesn't like to part with his draft picks easily. He likes to give them as much of a chance as he can. They draft them young. They try to develop them. They believe in them. They put a lot of thought and effort into those guys. Um, but I don't think this is going to change very much for them at all on, on the defensive line. And I also don't think it's going to change much in terms of Andrew Barry taking chances on a guy that might not be perfect a guy that might have some issues in his past that they think they can bring him into the situation, bring him into some structure and, and help them along. All right. There you have it. Wrapping up day two of Brown's training camp from the Greenbrier. Mary Kay and Dan will be back with another uh, update podcast tomorrow. Um, Dan will be at the Greenbrier through Tuesday. I will be heading down Wednesday. That's when we will get back to our normal Dan hosting these podcasts and, and it'll sound more normal for you listeners. Dan, How'd I do? I think you did well. I'm going to go ahead and go give, I'm going to go give us a five-star review like everyone out there listening should do right now. Especially because for just a peek behind the curtain, we did have to start recording this podcast again. Yeah, this this was take two. (laughs) This is take two. Um, We don't have (laughs) any technical difficulties, so the panic in my voice is finally uh, being let out. It was just And just to be clear, it wasn't like Ashley messed something up. My audio was bad, and I was trying to do it on my phone, and that was probably what ultimately caused. But then we also just yeah, we 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 you know we have the recording button, and Mary Kay was in the middle of talking talking about Deshaun and I looked down and it's no longer recording and it just says straight zeros across and it stopped nine minutes in and Mary Kay, I was scared. Oh, you know what? I, I know. I feel for you, Ashley, but you, you did a fantastic job. And whenever you and I do them and Dan's on vacation, you, true. Al- you always do so great. So That's I don't know true. why our, our good friend Dan would make mm. you feel nervous. You shouldn't feel nervous in front of Dan. No, it's, I mean, it's the, in front of the, in front of the <laughs> boss. I'm a, very, I don't I'm a know. very judgmental person. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dan is so mean and judgmental. I just got scared. No, 
it's because Dan is so good at this, and I'm like, oh man, I'm just stressed. This would be nothing for Dan. I'm gonna spend uh, probably the next hour or so getting this together, and I feel like Dan, it's, it's just effortless for you. So, to the listeners, I hope you, I hope you've enjoyed this, even though it's kind of a, a bit of a Freaky Friday situation here where I'm the host. But Mary Kay, go ahead. Yeah, I, I just it, speaking of peeling back the curtain, I really just have to uh, do we that should. for you guys real quick here. This um, setup you guys have, man. No, it's just, it's just, fu- there's just a funny thing about it that I just wanted to share because I think our listeners would uh, think this is kind of funny. So, you know, I, we're coming down to the Greenbrier. We didn't really know what to expect. You know, we were all making sure that we had collared, the guys had collared shirts. And then I, I made sure that I, I brought, you know, some resortish type wear so that I looked okay walking around the Greenbrier. Well, as it stands, we're like completely separate from the Greenbrier resort. And, um, and we, and, and, you know, the Browns are doing a fantastic job. That's the first thing I want to say. They're doing a great job, but I actually thought that, you know, like when I went to the powder room at the Greenbrier that I was probably going to like see, you know, toilet paper with like little roses on it and, you know, and then just have like a little hand towel that I was going to use and then throw it into a little wicker basket. Well, I'm going to bath to the bathroom in a porta potty outside of our media tent. So I just I sent Ashley I sent Ashley a picture of me by the by the porta potty. She posed by it, yeah. She I posed, posed by, by it. the porta potty. She port- was modeling port- it. I, I posed by the port porta potty. So I'm not wiping my hands with a lovely little warm towel and throwing it in the wicker basket. That's not happening like that. Um and I'm not having, you know, pheasant under glass for for my lunch. Uh, but, I mean, the Browns are doing a fantastic job there with everything. But it's just the experience of being at the Greenbrier is just a little different than I thought it was going to be. We're really not at the resort per se. Now, if we want to go over there, I mean, we had this lovely opportunity uh, to be over uh, in a nice establishment by the, the golf course yesterday. But, you know, from a day-to-day standpoint, you know, I sort of, sort of thought I was going to be like in a, you know, a nice floral dress, you know, just with, you know, rose petals strewn about. And, um, you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm going, I'm going to the bathroom in a porta potty is what I'm trying to yeah. say here. I will say, like, I'm thankful for you guys for informing me this because well, like, <laughs> we talked, obviously, the week like leading up to it. And I'm like, I don't know if I really, how many clothes I have that like fits this, but I refuse to buy anything. I'm like, I'm just going to rummage through because this stuff I'm not going to wear again. Like I don't golf. Like I'm not going to go buy golf shirts. And I'm like, you know what? It's good to know that I can just kind of wear what I normally wear in training camp. And Dan, I know you, you didn't have like many golf shirts and and you were wondering about your t-shirts, all that. I did make a couple of purchases just in case because oh, I was like, I was, yeah. I was genuinely stressed out about like the <laughs> dress. Cut. Like I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't know what I needed. Listen, I didn't know people, like what I, I should pack. And I like, cannot and, stress this enough, people. Like this dress code, it said that women can wear bonnets. Like I was yeah. so stressed when I read things like this. I'm like, I don't have anything that is going to fit this. Well, this is like a. I mean, it's not like going to a wedding for a day where you have to wear like a jacket and tie. This is like a, you know, for Mary Kay, you're here yes. 10 days. I'm here four days. It's like, I have to figure out how to cover training camp mm-hmm. in the heat and like all that. And then also like, if I'm going to go eat, do I have to wear a tie? Do I have to like, I don't, 
I couldn't figure it all out. Well, it turns out that's not the case. And yes, as I drove up to the tent that we're in yesterday, I saw the porta potty and the outdoor sink. And <laughs> I, half expected, I half expected Ashley to text me today and be like, you know what, Dan, just go ahead and take my reservation. I don't, I don't want to deal with all that. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm famously not outdoorsy, so this is going to be interesting. Yes. But. No, it, it's, the, um, let me just, I mean, the Browns are doing a really nice job with everything. It's just different than what I expected. Yes. We didn't logistically, we just didn't know quite what no. to expect. And on the off day Wednesday, I am going to maybe put on one of my lovely little dresses and sachet into the resort and check it out and see what it's all about over there. But on a day-to-day basis, we're covering some darn football yep. outside, walking through a little bit of, you know, mud and over some rocks and different things like that and we're just covering football like we normally do and just in a different yeah, location yeah just in a different location so yeah it's it's just kind of funny yeah well all right well i will sashay and meet mary Kay on wednesday at the Greenbrier. dan will be there the next few days so you can check out all of their coverage uh over the next couple of days at cleveland.com slash browns like you always do head over to Dan, I'm going to screw this up. Can you plug the name of the YouTube page really quick? Because you are busting it, putting all of the shorts together and doing the stand-up and everything. So you guys don't want to miss the videos either. And, and Mary Kay put up a short, too. I don't know if that's playing in the background here. Hold on. Sorry, I was getting some audio. I don't know if that came over the pod. But anyway, yeah, go to go to YouTube. Search Cleveland Browns on Cleveland.com, and you'll be able to find that. Like I said, we've been putting up shorts. We're still doing the stand-ups every day. Yeah. Um, so, and by the way, the backgrounds on these stand-ups, when, They're we, get great. Back to Ber- when we get back to Berea, I don't know what we're going to do. It's so true. So go check all those out. When you're, when you're over at cleveland.com slash Browns reading their stuff, I get to say it with you here, Dan. I'm so excited. Click the blue banner at the top of the page to become a football insider subscriber. Mary Kay and Dan have been sending texts from the Greenbrier. Um, you'll get that information first before you'll find it on the, online, on Twitter, anywhere else. Um, so definitely recommend this is the time you want to sign up for that if you have been on the fence. So, all right, we got to get out of here. Mary Kay and Dan still have some writing to do. Um, I've got to pack and not empty <laughs> resort wear now. I know I've got to repack some things potentially. So, Mary Kay and Dan, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Sounds great. <laughs>